Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Pusher 3 is the final movie in the trilogy, the Pusher trilogy, written and directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. Uh, this one came out in the year 2005, a little over an hour and a half running time. In this movie, we are following Milo, which I think is kind of the perfect character in this trilogy to be following. Each of these movies follows a different character. The first movie was Frank. The second one was Tony. And now we're at Milo. Milo being the person who supplied the drugs for Frank, uh, who Frank was in debt to uh, and trying to get away from. Tony only had a mild connection with Milo. Uh, Tony, the one being kind of roped into this lifestyle, uh, despite his better judgment. And this one is showing Milo trying to balance the life of owning this quote-unquote business, uh, being this drug dealer, uh, while also trying to be a family man, which I appreciate. I think I would say this movie is the best of the trilogy. I think, you know, it's allowed Nicholas Winning Refn to kind of settle into being a director, to having that kind of uh, very raw and real feel to this movie uh, kind of fits in a little bit more. There's a few moments in this film where they, like, bump the camera, which is just a, a, a sign, I would say, or or uh, part of the fact that uh, this, this movie is so much feels so much like the previous movies do of you as the audience member being more of a fly on the wall experiencing this this slice of life uh, of these different people uh this one is more of a night in or a day in the life of uh so the first movie was more of a week in the life of uh, the second movie was uh, took place in the matter of a few days i believe uh, where this one is just one night, uh, and so many things are happening in this in this uh, movie. You have Milo in a twelve-step program. I think it starts off with him in a twelve-step program, where everybody, you know, is, is saying their name. My name's Milo. I'm an addict, and then kind of talking about how difficult his life is, and. You know, not going into detail about his life, but definitely being honest, using those 12-step meetings as a way to kind of let out some of his his issues, like getting some some sort of therapy, uh, as it were, to to relieve the pressure of his his actual life being this drug supplier. Um, he's also in this in this movie he's it's his daughter's birthday it's her 25th birthday uh he's also cooking for the birthday so he's got 50 people that he's cooking for uh which we find out that he's not very good at cooking uh because he had cooked earlier in the day and all of his employees end up getting sick which causes which is kind of the beginning of his problems right like he's he's trying to do all these things He's not he's trying to stay sober, which is an insane proposition for somebody whose business is drug dealing and who has the lifestyle that is as stressful as drug dealing seems to be. 
uh, you know, judging by the these movies that seem to be very grounded in reality. Um, but yeah, everybody's getting food poisoning. So while one of these deals, he's going to he's supposed to be getting heroin from somebody, and instead they gave him ecstasy. And because of that, there's problems. He ends up getting into debt, which is another aspect of these movies that seems to be a common factor is for getting into debt, like having these things in an industry that it's impossible to trust anyone, constantly being screwed over and having to be dig yourself out of a debt is it seems to be part and parcel for this kind of a lifestyle, which is crazy, just like. Like, you you really get to, in all of these movies, because we're following these characters, despite the fact that they're not good people, nobody in any of these movies is a good person. But you, you, you have compassion for these people as you watch them. And even Milo, who's somebody who's kind of the bad guy in some of the other movies, you still, like, because you're seeing the day-to-day of him, of him you know, dealing with his family and then like trying to get clean, but then also running this business, this drug business, like you have sympathy for this guy. And because of that, you don't want to see things like you, you end up, despite all of your better judgment in all three of these films, you end up sympathizing with a person that you should know better to sympathize with. And because of that sympathy you have for them, that empathy you have for them, you end up being taken on this stressful ride. I mean, just as the other movies are paced, this one is very slowly paced, but at no point is the stress level taken down a notch at all. It just keeps building the amount of stress uh, that this character has, which considering the stress levels that he's dealing with it's it's not that crazy that he would also want to self-medicate with these drugs that are just like constantly around him at all times like it very much feels like these movies it would not be at all surprising if these movies were a big inspiration for the Safdie brothers the people that made uh uncut gems and i think it's called good day which are very much kind of a similar raw, you know, you're, you're along for the ride with these people that aren't good people, but they're very, it's just like movies that induce stress. So much of that is the DNA of these movies. So he gets screwed over. He doesn't get the, the heroin that he's known for dealing. He ends up getting ecstasy, which is a newer drug. You know, he's an older guy. He's not used to dealing with this stuff. But he tries to get rid of it nonetheless. Meanwhile, in between everything, he's still trying to go to a meeting. He goes to another meeting uh, before the birthday. Everything with the birthday starts. Uh, You see his daughters. uh, I don't know if they're married or if they're engaged to be married. But this dude. I mean, we are in Denmark, but this dude is plucked right out of East L.A. This guy is choloed out. Now, he's white. He's white. He's got, like, long kind of surfer hair. But every other aspect of this guy is, like, L.A. West Coast gangster. Choloed out. He's got the the collared shirt that's just buttoned at the top button and then opened up on the bottoms. You know, he's got the tribal sleeve tattoos. 
He's got like I think he's probably wearing shorts, but he looks like a white guy impersonating a cholo, which I thought was hilarious. It's like clearly as a gangster in Denmark, he takes inspiration for the West Coast style of gangster living, uh, which I appreciate. He does every he he looks so much like a cholo. He's just missing. I don't know if he's wearing dickies, but might as well be. Um, he's not drinking a 40 either, which is kind of the only other two staples, I would say, that would, would be screaming West Coast gangster. Uh, but I did enjoy that. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Now you can wear the many faces. Original art by Ray Taylor. Select pieces from the ongoing series of abstract ink paintings. All products made with high quality materials made right here in the USA. Go to inspireddisorder.com slash TMF merch to browse the entire collection and save yourself an extra 10% when you check out by using coupon code RTS. TMF. So once again, go to inspireddisorder.com slash TMF merch and save 10% when you use coupon code RTSTMF. And now back to our show. Uh, there's a moment where the where Milo, because he made this dish that caused food poisoning for all of his workers, uh, he threw away all the the stuff that he made for his daughter's birthday and to go to replace it he goes to a chinese restaurant orders a bunch of fried fish and while he's waiting for that to happen this guy called kurt the cunt shows up and kurt's like a guy like we don't know anything about but just based on this little inter interactions like somebody they clearly have known and he knew in the past he's been out of town partying for forever and he knows that milo's the drug guy so he's like offering him drugs and milo trying to stay sober and has stayed sober so far up until like we are at the moment where the the dinner is about to start he's been able to maintain his sobriety up until this point uh as kurt the cunt is is leaving he offers him heroin like he tried to offer him some blow early on and he's he's successful at, at turning that down uh but as kurt the cunt leaves he like just gives him some heroin and we hear this like this like screeching soundtrack this score of temptation that comes on the speakers this is like this just like it, it, it's like somewhere between nails on a chalkboard and like the squeak of a belt that's gone loose on a car like just this like this like but in musical form and it's just like this incessant like clearly the sound effect that's supposed to you know to illustrate the 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 kind of situation that milo's in this temptation that he has to say fuck it it is like the soundtrack to the fuck it switch about to be flipped and we see the beginning of the downward spiral because he decides to go you know suck some of that uh he takes a little bit of tobacco out of, ci out of one of his cigarettes and he sucks up some of the the heroin into that and twists off the end and decides to smoke the heroin and then from that point, it's just kind of this slow, this like everything falling apart in slow motion where, you know, he's back at the birthday party. He ends up taking a drink during the toast. Later on, he's doing what he thinks is a, a rail of blow, but it ends up being speed. 
and it's just like it's it's just all and in everything chaos is going on at the same time all around him because because of that mix-up with the drug delivery now he's got to offload this this ecstasy but the guy that's supposed to be selling it uh is fucked with him and it's unclear like the guy supposedly was given candy instead of ecstasy and that's why he wasn't able to make any money but we don't really know despite the fact that he kind of interrogated him and tortured him a little bit but either way he's like tied now to this other group of gangsters who are taking full advantage of this new relationship uh and they use his kind of he has like this milo has like it's not like a restaurant necessarily but it's got a kitchen Milo likes to cook. It's just kind of like it's like his home base, it seems like. Like it's where his his employees come to hang out between jobs and Milo feeds them. So like there's this situation where this other crew is using his space and using it to traffic, human trafficking. Right? It's like this it's like we all these movies we've been like in this world of drug dealing you know mildly on the outside there's the prostitution like everybody's got a hotel with with women working in it uh but it's never been this movie's never been these movies have never been like the life of somebody dealing in sex trafficking but now that is at his doorstep not only in his doorstep it's inside of his safe house kind of and it's uncomfortable for him because he's being treated like shit by these guys that he's now in debt to. They're trying to sell this girl to, you know, a madam that comes by to check her out. Like they have people lined up to come, come by and see if they want to buy this girl who's 17 and chaos happens. Chaos happens not only because, this girl not only because some of the food that these guys eat causes one of them to get sick which gives this girl an opportunity to try to run but also chaos happens because milo is kind of done with these guys for treating him like shit and also chaos happens because milo does a line of speed instead of cocaine not that there's a huge difference in the upper of cocaine and speed necessarily i'm sure i mean there is a huge difference but this chaos could have happened whether he did the line of speed or did the line of coke but for whatever reason chaos starts to happen and milo gets a hammer because he's just like he's tired of these people pushing him around literally and figuratively he's tired of the situation he gets this hammer and it is now hammer time and he, like, beats this guy, which is kind of, like, aspects of this. It's also got the most brutal aspects of these movies, too, where you don't really see it. But the way it's handled is it, it makes it, 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 it pulls it off, the, the effect of him beating this one guy in the head, shutting him up. And then the other guy comes back and doesn't know the situation. And Milo ends up getting him, too. I assume at this point, I forget, I've lost track of where the, the chick went, but I think she got away. So now Milo's got these two dead bodies, 
He's also paid off this guy who I think is he's like kind of wearing this bomber jacket that looks like a police jacket. But he's also so I don't know if he's like a uh, police officer that's just on the take and does jobs for Milo or if it's just the style of jacket happens to look like some kind of official uniform. But either way, the guy that was sent to sell the ecstasy and did not and is kind of making Milo's situation worse ends up getting found by this guy in this cop-like jacket in the trunk. So Milo goes to, like, interrogate him, goes to, like, this other guy who's, like, been out of the game, running his own business, but clearly somebody that used to work as muscle for Milo. Join Inspired Disorder Plus today. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus to join. Membership includes members-only discounts and deals, you get access to the Ray Taylor show completely ad free as well as bonus episodes. You get access to the complete live painting archive. You also get access to every single podcast ever produced by Inspired Disorder hosted by Ray Taylor. You get access to Ray Taylor's personal blog as well as the opportunity to ask me any questions. So if you want to start a podcast, you're into art, ask me anything. And so many more things are being added every day to Inspire Disorder Plus. So sign up today, become a member, head on over to inspiredisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspire Disorder Plus member today. And you see them kind of get, figure things out. But then this guy has a second job. First is to try and interrogate this guy who's screwing over Milo, which you find out that it's just a, a misunderstanding. But then we go... And this guy is going to help Milo get rid of these bodies. And the scene, I mean, the very end of this movie is basically Milo and this other guy processing these dead bodies. And the, the way it's, it's conveyed, the way it's shown, like very taking its time showing you the procedure it, they go through of like stringing the guy up, like just taking the time to watch this body slowly get strung up on a pipe with this winch and then cut open to let the blood drain out and then gutted. And it's just like, it's like a disturbing scenario that you can't help but think that that may have been what happened to Frank in the first movie. Like at the end of the first movie, we don't really know it's ambiguous to, to know what happened to Frank, but in one potential reality is that Milo got a hold of Frank Right, the same plastic wrap that he lays out in the processing of these bodies that he needs to get rid of. At the end of the first movie, his buddy was laying out the plastic uh, in order to to dispatch of Frank. So this could have what we're watching could have been what happened to Frank at the at the epilogue of the first movie. But it's just a crazy, crazy scene. And, like, the whole experience of these movies is, I mean, so stressful. But it's like, it's like I don't, it, like, it doesn't seem worth it. Like, especially from Milo's perspective, obviously, he's making a lot of money. His daughter doesn't have to work for, like, never, doesn't have to work. Just, she gets whatever he, she wants. Her dad pays for everything. Her husband 
is a drug dealer and doesn't need to be, but he wants to do something. So he, you know, that's what he does. And he's now roped into Milo to buying directly from Milo. So it's like, and it, he like paid for their, this honeymoon or whatever for them to spend a month in a hotel in like Puerto Rico or whatever. And it's like, clearly this lifestyle has afforded Milo financial independence on a level and security on a level where he's able to do a lot of things for himself and his family. But like for the stress that he has to go through is it doesn't seem worth it. Not that like being successful in other industries wouldn't, you know, being provide itself with a lot of stress, but like for sure, this lifestyle is like so stressful, so stressful and not that much different than the lower level guys that are constantly dealing with stress as well. Like they're all almost dealing with the same types of issues, whether you're Frank or Tony or Milo. It's just different levels of like different amounts of of debt and different different levels of danger. Um, but yeah. Just uh, a great end to a trilogy, like really showing you, I don't know of any other franchise of movies that tell a story in this type of way. Uh, you s Definitely TV shows have done it, but to have a trilogy of films that are all connected, but each take... Uh, you're with you're following a specific perspective a specific character uh that's all like embroiled in this this crime that's going on i enjoyed i thought it was great and i thought definitely it's the the best of the trilogy it also wrapped it up really nice you know there's no real substance to take away from this there's no not necessarily a happy ending or a bad ending it's just like you just survived like everybody including the audience you just kind of get through this experience and that is good enough it's good enough that you survived the experience you, it's not it's not trying to give any kind of happy ending nobody's running off into the sunset aside from tony potentially but still it's like even Tony running off with the, his a kid that may or may not even be his. Like, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to have a great life. Guaranteed, wherever Tony landed, whatever city he went to, he's probably not able to get legitimate work and is most likely back in a life of crime just in a different place. So there's no real escape from this life. Uh, but either way, the Pusher Trilogy, I'm glad I finally watched it. Uh, all three of them are available on Amazon Prime, so I would highly recommend checking it out. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope 
that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.